Get ready for conflicts where movie reviews collide. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Conflicts, the podcast. Today, we are covering the movie Shazam! Exclamation point. Was it released with an exclamation point, or did I add that uh, it phonetic was. flair? It, okay. it was, yeah. Like it's... mother, exclamation point. Uh, Shazam! I don't like punctuations in the name of a movie unless it's a comma or a question mark. Sometimes it's she important. She just doesn't like them, period. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Rich, we can always count on you for a dad joke. That's uh, right, that everybody. That was the voice of Rich, our resident dad joke. That other voice over there, that's Nick, not our dad joke. And I mm -mm. am your moderator, Laura. I will sometimes be referred to as Lulu. It's okay. My personalities are both safe. All right. A brief synopsis of the film Shazam. When young foster child Billy Batson finds himself faced with the reality that he now holds the mantle of superhero every time he shouts Shazam! Exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it. Will young Billy be able to master his new powers and be able to overpower the evil Dr. Thaddeus Savannah? Was it Savannah or Savannah? I, I pronounced it Savannah, but I don't remember if that's right. Savannah sounds good. All right. Sometimes all it takes to make a hero is a kid at heart. I wrote that myself. I was reading the bio on the movie. I'm like, I don't see that. <laughs> I write these all myself. I take a whole like minute and a half of my life and like effort and like hard work to make these. That one didn't even make sense. Y'all, I wrote that like 20 minutes before we started. This movie was released, released. Geez, now I can't talk or write. Was released April 5, 2019, directed by David F. Sandberg, starring Zachary Levi, Jaimon Hunsu, and many, many more. This moment right here, right now, in this second, is going to serve as your spoiler warning. From this moment forward, we will be discussing things that will spoil the plot of this movie. If you have not seen it, please pause, go watch the movie, and then come back. Shazam! Exclamation okay. point! <laughs> okay. Couple fun facts I found. Shazam! is an acronym for Solomon, Hercules, Atlas, Zeus, Achilles, and Mercury. Yeah. That is why he is called Shazam. Solomon is wisdom, Hercules is strength, Atlas is stamina, Zeus is power, Achilles is courage, Mercury is speed. Those were the other wizards. That oh, we besides got. Harry. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you're a wizard, Harry. <laughs> That's where my mind goes. Nick yeah. and I are fist bumping. Yeah, there, there, there was an inaudible fist bump. Uh, other random fun fact that I noticed with my own eyeballs, the foster siblings tend to dress in the colors of their Shazam form. Like their, <laughs> their coats and their outerwear, green, gray, purple, red, and blue. Uh, another fun fact, Dr. Lynn Crosby is played by, I'm going to say this wrong, Lota Lostin who's the wife of the director and has starred in many of his things, including Annabelle Creation, which he also directed, and Annabelle herself had a cameo in the pawn shop in the beginning. 
Yeah, I think I'm going to try to link to this in the show notes, but the director, David Sandberg, he has this wonderful video out there where he's talking about solving movie problems. He's speaking as a director uh, related to this movie where he talks about some of the problems that came up during production and how they solved it. And it kind of went on this little journey because some of the problems, uh, as they solved them, they created some other problems that they had to solve at later times. And it's a wonderful insight into how movies are made as well as uh, just a presentation by that director. I kind of like him more after watching that little movie uh, or little um, YouTube video. Mm -hmm. I'll see if I can link to it in the show notes. Oh, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. Well, let's dive in. I'd like to start with you, Rich. I want you to give us your grade for this movie and just a brief statement to justify that grade. Um, I'm going to give this a B plus. For me, this is easily the my favorite DC movie uh, that's outside of the Nolan verse that isn't Wonder Woman. Interesting. Okay. All right. How about you, Nick? Rich took the words out of my mouth. I didn't give it a B plus. I gave it a B. You took the words right out of my mouth. You just it stared at me in the eyes. Words. They were. They <laughs> locked <laughs> eye contact, and I felt a little awkward being here I for their moment. Awkward. Looked, I was like, like why I am felt I looking like at I was like intruding this? on a personal moment, guys. On, do you want me that, to step out? That is for a, a total meatloaf moment right there. <laughs> Bad so, out of hell. Anyway, I agree with you on that one. Nick is also like six shades of red right now, y'all. I know you so can't weird. see him. It was so weird. I was like, why am I looking at him? But his eyes? forehead is on fire. <laughs> I made Nick uncomfortable. It so, was delightful to watch. No, it was it was a fun movie. Uh, you're right. It was a hit for DC. It to me, it didn't hit out of the park. They still haven't hit one out of the park for me. Even Wonder Woman. I. It was almost a close. It was near. It was near the cheap seats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was it, trying it to make a baseball out. reference, yeah. and it really didn't work that well. It was, Sorry. A tri- was it a triple, a double? I don't know what that means. Go sports, man! I don't <laughs> know. Yay, team! The sports ball is hard. This sports ball for baseball is white with red threads. Yay! I know things. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I know a little bit about baseball. I'm not that big of an idiot. Sorry, <laughs> but I don't know. It was it was fun. It was a great origin story, I guess, for this because um, usually they're kind of a little boring. Uh, but this had some good comedic relief and a good storyline just to follow. What what made you give it that plus there, Rich? Okay, so I've actually been saying uh, amongst my group of friends, because you're going to be shocked by this, but many of my friends are geeks. Oh my gosh! So we spend a lot of time discussing uh, comic books, movies, things of this mm-hmm. nature, and I've had... Like opi- in-depth combo? Yeah, yeah. W- like nauseatingly in-depth mm-hmm. sometimes. And I've held the opinion that the problem with the DCU for uh, pretty much its entire run has been they make two big mistakes. Mistake number one, they take themselves too seriously. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you have the, if there's even a 1% chance that somebody could say something funny, I as Batman must stop it. You know? <laughs> uh, they, they, there's a never a lighthearted moment at all. It's just all this super serious and dramatic. And after a while, they, it just feels like boring. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing that they do is Batman and Superman. They need to stay the heck away from Batman and Superman. Everybody knows them. There's no way that you, at this point in time you could ever do them well, justice. And it's been done, done and redone exactly. so many times. You just can't do it. Now, I love that this movie, Superman exists. Mm-hmm. You never actually quite see him. From see, the neck down. Yeah, you see him from exists. the neck down at one point. Um, so they can exist in this universe, which is what I always thought they should have done. They're there. They're, they're in the backdrop somewhere, but they're never directly related to the movie itself. And this movie does that. It doesn't take itself too seriously. There is a lot of humor, and there's no Batman and Superman directly, although they reference them. They, they, we, we know Superman exists in this world, mm-hmm. yeah. but uh, you know, he's, not, he's not there. Nick, what kept you from the plus? What kept you at a B? Uh, well, I think it's because I don't really know much about Shazam. Mm-hmm. I knew Shazam! Yeah. Shazam! Exclamation <laughs> point! 
I uh, I never read the comics before mm-hmm. ever, uh, but I did. Ag- I do agree with Rich. This is weird. This is supposed to be a conflict, but uh, so yeah, I didn't realize that this was a big enough character to have mm-hmm. a movie. He's kind of been poked fun of in some of the other movies, uh, just like you know here and there, somebody making a Shazam joke. Right, and I knew of the character's existence, but I learned more about the character's existence watching the little skit before uh, Captain Marvel yeah, at this, Alamo. This is Shazam at a local at a local theater here. Before they played uh, Captain Marvel, they had made like a special with uh, the history of Captain Marvel and how it fed into Shazam because Shazam started as Captain Marvel way back in like the forties. And then there was, it's yeah. quite a journey yeah. of different legal rights of who has the right to do what and what comics and through what period. Uh, it, it's a roller coaster. It's, it's like a, a you know, it should be like a TLC special. Right. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little, a little over the top, but uh, now, this is one movie though. I'm going to say I'm sad that I missed in theaters. Interesting. Interesting. It was good in the theater. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you just said that you've not read the comics and we're not familiar with the backstory. Rich, I don't know if you've ever read them, but I know that you have friends that are in-depth comic book nerds slash geeks. How close is this movie to the origin of Captain Marvel slash Shazam in the comic books? You totally just triggered a rant right there. Oh, Lord. you, 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 You just triggered a Rich's rant. Um, oh, 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 trademark TM, Rich's rant. Yep. Here you go. It's your first. So I hate that question in this movie and all because here is why. In almost any comic book character that you're going to find or can ask me about, there are going to be so many different versions of that story and so many retellings over the course oh. of the history that there is no one true version. Now, you may get a different argument from certain people who have their favorites mm-hmm. and say that this is the best one. But at the same time, there have been so many retellings, so many retcons, so many different versions of mm-hmm. everything in comic book history that there isn't one. There is no one that you can look at and say how true is this and this is probably the worst case scenario because of its twisted history of what the character was even named and it's one of the oldest it is this goes back a long long way so this one what is the truth oh my goodness where do you want to start there is no truth it's so convoluted so did they stay true um i mean in my mind i think the spirit of what they were trying to get is very much Mm -hmm. there uh did they say true to anyone in character well we're yeah i could talk for hours on uh, you know, what What does that even mean? So I don't like the question because that's not... And anybody who tries to argue anything well, differently... Well, I don't like the answer. <laughs> anybody who asks that question doesn't understand comic books. I'm going to say this really quick. Okay. I'm going to tell a story that I told you guys last <laughs> night. Uh, I really want my wife to listen to this one because my wife said that Rich isn't really that nerdy. He doesn't look that nerdy. Uh, you need to listen to him talk. Like, this is it. Like... Oh, Lord. (laughs) He just went on a soapbox (laughs) about (laughs) Shazam. Shazam! (laughs) Exclamation point. Like, I'm nerdy. Like, yeah, I know that. I mean, I like sci-fi. I like horror. I like comic books. But shit. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, mister, I don't like the question. I suppose the real thing I wanted to know is in the comic books or the reimaginings or the reboots or the rewrites, is he 
a kid who says Shazam exclamation point and becomes an adult, or yes. is he an adult who becomes an adult? There, there is a version where that happens. A stronger way. adult, and you mean? yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it does happen this way in the comics. Uh, in several versions of it, this is what this is. What See, I kind of like that story though because it's always an adult, or it was a person like Superman came from a different mm-hmm. planet and mm-hmm. he grew up and now is a yeah. Well, he grew up as a quote unquote regular kid, and right? Then... But this is. I'm a kid, I stumbled on this, and now I can be strong, too. They, um, oh, sorry, go no, ahead. You're fine. It's the Tom Hanks version. Uh, that's what I was getting ready oh, yeah. to say. Mm-hmm. They pitched this as a superhero version of Big, the classic Tom Hanks film. This seems a great time to move on to the best of times and the worst of times. Mm-hmm. Let's pick a high note, guys. What's just the best part of this movie for you, Nick? For me, okay, this is really stupid. Uh, That's what we come to expect. I shouldn't say it's stupid, but (laughs) I liked the foster family. Like the whole family unit? Yeah. Yeah. It was a very positive message. And it was really really charming and how, you know, the kids weren't all perfect and stuff. And and I know that wasn't like, oh, that wasn't a superhero moment. But, you know, honestly. It was a human moment. That's a human superhero moment. Yeah. Because, you know, let's be real. No offense, Rich. Superheroes don't exist. So that you know about. <laughs> I'm just playing. Also, there's a look on Rich's face that if you knew he was a dad, it was the most dad look. But you've but ever also seen. though, no, Rich, like you're a really good parent too. So that's your superpower. <laughs> that, there you go. That's probably questionable. Dun, dun, dun. Wow, I gave you a compliment too. I don't know if I like this podcast. <laughs> Nick throws off his headphones. I quit. Yeah, kinda. Dang, we're supposed to be arguing, and I'm like, I just gave you a compliment, and we agreed. Ugh. Sucks. <laughs> Oh, I need to recuperate from that. Okay. Anyway, pretending that moment just didn't happen. Rich, what's your best? Mark Strong. He's delightful. He, I, I I don't remember who that is. He needs more roles. He plays... He's the villain. The villain. He's the bad oh, guy. Oh, right, 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 right. I forgot that guy's name. He's, he's a great villain. He looks so ominous and imposing. The one with daddy issues. Yeah. <laughs> to say the least. I take exception with his American accent. Fair enough. It was very bad. He's a delightful actor, and I think he deserves more roles. Uh... Kind of funny that I didn't know Adam Brody was in this until he showed up. And I'm like, huh. <laughs> well, apparently I was watching something on YouTube, found something online. I don't remember. But uh, there was an alternate version of a Superman movie that had gotten greenlit but never came to fruition. And one of the other kids, one of the other grown-up Shazam versions of one of the foster siblings was cast as Superman, and he was Hispanic. I don't remember his name. And Adam Brody had been cast as a grown-up Flash, maybe. I sh- did not pay that close attention, obviously, to what I was reading. Wow, great but story. They, yeah, they both got <laughs> cast in those parts as like a nod to that movie that didn't happen. I'm detail-oriented, if nothing else. <laughs> God dang it, Rich. Wow, <laughs> You guys are so mean. I quit. I don't uh, do this podcast Also, anymore. I kind of thought, I, I'm not going to say his name, and this is why I kind of wish that this was live. Whoever this guy Jaiman is. Jaiman Hunsu. There you go. I can't say his name. I'm like, oh, sure. Uh, he pulled a Chris Evans. He is in both Marvel and DC movies. He's also he in Aquaman. And he's also in Captain Marvel. Yep. Mm-hmm. How cool! He's everywhere. Is that? Yes, he he's super talented. Er, er. But back to me. Okay, we didn't do the worst no, of yeah, times, that's guys. Right. Go ahead. <laughs> you can't have a good without a bad. Laura, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. 
What is the best of times for the movie Shazam! Explanation mark for you. I really liked that the young girls in this movie were really intelligent. That like mm. Mary was super smart and little, uh, was her name Darla, was emotional but highly intelligent. I loved that. I thought that was just they, the best part. They were kids still. but they Yeah, were, they were. but they And they were clearly, but, you know, wounded, been through a lot. But they were smart little girls. But they weren't cardboard cutouts. And young ladies. Yes. All right. Yeah. Now let's bring it down. What's the worst? Rich. Mark Strong. I picked the same <laughs> one. Um, here's the thing. He, because of his bad American accent. So he, well, uh, sort of yes. So he's he's amazing as far as being an actor and, and the role. I, I think it's great. But to me, the 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 backstory for that character was weak. You know, basically it was my dad is an asshole, so I need to be a supervillain. And mm-hmm. I, I felt like there really should have been more depth there. You, you know, you look at it was how, really just Bing Crosby in the background uh, singing Christmas songs. Uh, he just. He and did, a magic eight ball. He seemed really, really upset, and we didn't know why. He's uh, very angry. It's like I bought it as him being menacing and ominous, but I looked at him like, dude, chill. It's all cool. You daddy, <laughs> daddy was an asshole. It's okay. Yeah. You get therapy. It's a club. There's many people who belong to it. Yeah, so I picked the same. Same, same. How about you, Nick? Uh, so my biggest beef with any DCA movie is probably the CG effects. Like, they're not that good. Little cheesy. Little cheesy. cheesy. Kind of yeah. looks like a Nickelodeon movie. I don't know if that's TM, so I'm not going to finish it. Yeah. Uh, so, 90s kids will get it. Yeah. Uh, but I just, if you watch like a Marvel movie, obviously they have billions of dollars. Thanks, Disney. Yeah, they got but, that Marvel money. But for some reason, they just cannot hook me with a villain on anything that they're doing because it looks too fake. I was going to make a joke about the little Jiminy Cricket at the end, but I can't remember what he's called, little wormy guy. Uh, okay, so I'm <laughs> dumb, and I didn't watch the credits. I'm like, what the hell are you talking Did you about? I didn't Dude, there's stay. a post-credit scene. <laughs> I didn't know that. Like, I'm like, look, I know I should have known, but it's, I was like, what? <laughs> it's Mr. Mind. Thank you, that's it. He's, he's one of the super villains from the DC world, but he's an alien worm. Yeah, he's, um, a, little, he's a little wormy guy. No, that's cool. No, I should have known. You're right. Like, <laughs> you I'm really should have, like, dude. Like, hello. I don't know. Again, it's DC. They don't. Well, they're they're kind of copycatting. Uh, catting is that a word? Anyway, uh-huh. they're kind of doing the same thing Marvel is, but not being as successful at it. <laughs> uh, for me, I found a complete lack of substance for virtually all the characters, and that was my worst. They were a little hollow at times, and there was definitely uh-huh. such a big cast that they didn't get enough time to to develop any of the other of them. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But still, overall, it was a decent movie, and I hope that they make a... Well, <laughs> decent. I gave it a B. Uh, it was middle of the road for me, so I really do hope that that sequel does come out. Here lately, I feel like a lot of sequels have been canned. Like, it's announced, and then they're getting close to it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, chopping block. Which is sad, but I hope this sequel does come out because I want to watch it in the theater since I miss this one in theaters. It's still fun to watch at home. Uh, and it was a good, uh, even though I guess it is PG-13, it's still a good one that you could let your kids watch, which sounds dumb because I don't have kids, but my brother does. And my nephew loved this movie. He got the little doll, won't put it down. and That's adorable. He thinks it's great. So it's still a fun movie, though. Fun is the word I was looking for. There we go. Simple word. It was fun. Um, Let's interject a little conflict because you're both wrong. 
<laughs> there we go. Thank you. Movie, the point of the podcast. <laughs> I give this movie a D. Oh, D. Uh, this movie sucks. Plain uh, and simple. She's sucking a D over there. <laughs> oh, <shit>. oh <laughs> lord. Different kind of podcast, buddy. All right. It sucks mainly because it suffers from like an identity crisis. Is it fun, funny, lighthearted? geared towards kids like an Adam West Batman? Is it quirky, campy, but delves into the darkness of its own universe like Umbrella Academy on Netflix? Is it dark and gritty and takes on the depravity of the human condition like Christian Bale's Batman? This movie doesn't know, and it tries to do all of those things and fails at them. That is not my only issue with this movie. Uh, It's actually the filmmaking. It... Uh, it, It just doesn't even begin to cover my opinion on the storytelling as well. I get it. They tried to make Big as a superhero movie, but in the movie Big, they actually deal with a teenage boy being thrust into an adult's body. See the Tom Hanks Elizabeth Perkins love scene. But Shazam just glazes right past it for not one, but six characters. How is little Darla going to cope with the body of a grown woman and the fact that she's going to be hit on by grown-ass men now? It's gross. It's creepy. It's weird. But ultimately, it's just disappointing, like this whole movie. Mm -hmm. Like the whole DCEU. Um, You know, I agree with the last part, at least. The DCEU was really kind of... Maybe I'm grading a little bit on a curve just simply because the rest of them have been so terrible, and this was kind of refreshingly better. See... I heard you say, like, were they trying to be dark and gritty like uh, Nolan? So, like, it was almost like it had emotional Tourette's. It was like, oh, here's super fun, lighthearted moment. And then you rip to, like, abusive father, like, demons ripping that father to pieces. And then you jump over to quirky, campy moment. And then back, and it's just like, I don't know what's happening. My head's whipping back and forth. My problem with anybody making that statement, because I've heard you say Nolan's Batman trilogy already, earlier in this podcast, I hate the fact that those are what a lot of people try and judge the DCU now on. I wasn't going DCU. I was just going gritty comic movie. Right. But like those are almost an art piece of a trilogy. Why can't every movie be an art piece? What's like the difference between Logan and the X-Men movies? Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Logan was a fantastic movie, but I I don't put it in the same category as like, Days of Future Past or anything like that. It is its own movie, which I think that's why uh, when you both have said it, I'm like, huh. see, I made sure that I steered clear of that because that that wasn't my expectation that's going not in. What to me personally, DC's about. I mean, yeah, it's an overdone character, Batman, Superman, and that's fine if that's not what DC's about. But what are they about? I don't know. They that's haven't found their problem. footing yet, and, Wonder- and I'm really tired of yep. them trying. Wonder Woman and Shazam have been the two closest ones that I can think of that actually did decent. And I mean, in the theater, Aquaman did too. But that movie was a flaming bag of poop. Mm-hmm. They, it's one of those things where I feel like they're getting closer. They, they've not quite got their recipe right, but I feel like they're getting closer. Now, personally, I have a hard time, you know, continually letting that go. Mm. Uh, if I want As to, do I. I mean, as a geek and a movie buff, I keep going to watch them, but there's a part of me that just, I have no expectation for any of them being any good anymore. And that's because they have stumbled for so long. And I don't think it's fair to sit here and, and talk about, uh, you know, you can't compare them to the Nolan verse because the Nolan verse and those Batman movies are what brought this 
superhero thing into what it is. They were the one that showed people that you can have true hardcore movie development with characters that are interesting and it still be superheroes. They made this, they made it palpable. They made it to where it's no longer the campy superheroes that we had before. You know, there's no bang, pow, bam, you know, or, or even the Michael Keaton Batmans, as much as they were good movies in, in many ways, they were still extremely campy and unbelievable. Everything had to be over the top. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly here comes Christian Bale as Batman. And everybody looks at it and says, well, now, wait a minute. This is gritty. This is real. This feels like something else. And that led to this idea that, hey, wait a minute. There's some great stories here and great characters that we can focus on that and not just be, hey, I'm a campy guy who can fly. So we don't get anything else without that. That's why that's so important for that to be the standard, because it really sets so much tone going forward. And, and we really have to compare it to those in a certain way. Now, Marvel found a different recipe and went a slightly different direction. But at the same time, they remembered that you had to have compelling characters. Mm-hmm. If you didn't mm-hmm. have Robert Downey Jr. making Tony Stark who he is, you don't have the Marvel Universe either. Because mm-hmm. this what you felt for that character. Now, you really he was an asshole. Mm-hmm. But but you you know you look at it and you're like this this is a person I'm invested in who he is and his story not just because he's a guy with an iron suit you know they even play with that and those you know the, what are you without that suit and he's like a billionaire playboy philanthropist you know the, yeah they they point out that he is other things and DC hasn't gotten that yet because these people what are they without their superpowers boring as shit well mm-hmm. and I'll tell you and I I personally blame WB like the TV. Network, yeah, the producer, the production company for DCU, the movies. I'm like Warner Brothers or like WB Television Network. Warner Brothers. Okay, gotcha. Like, I feel like they try and put their foot too far into this, and they don't allow create like creative mm-hmm. flow from the directors or writers. And that may well be because like that happens a lot with TV series where network comes in and sticks mm-hmm. their nose in and. You know, they've got this whole beautiful thing planned out. And then the network's like, oh, we want to add a laugh track and we want to add this, that and the other. And then it, you know, throws a kink in the works. Well, I mean, you know, another flop for DC, this is off track from Shazam, but same world, Snyder's version of Justice League. Mm -hmm. uh, They wanted to do a whole time travel based uh, Mm -hmm. movie because uh, there was a scene from Batman versus Superman where the Flash shows up and everything, and that was supposed to tie in. And WB stepped in and was like, no, we're not doing time travel. Nobody cares. What do you <laughs> think the sequel of Avengers was? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was all time travel. And I think ultimately it comes out to what you said, Rich, about tone, is that these movies, none of them, aside from Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman set a tone and kept it the whole time. They did. This movie did not. It started out on a super dark tone, then it went to a super light tone, then it's somewhere in the middle, then back again. And the same with pretty much the whole DCEU. Pick a tone and stick to it. I don't care if it's Nolan-esque. I don't care if it's Marvel-esque. I don't care if it's Adam West-esque. That was difficult to say. <laughs> like, just pick one and stick to it so yeah. I know what to expect coming in. And I never do. I never know if it's going to be a shit show or if it's going to be great. Hmm. predominantly shit show so far yeah pretty much <laughs> well i don't know i thought they nailed the comedy uh, see i, I, I lose do. patience with that quippy one-liner so quick there's a time and a place but it gets run into how, the ground how are you friends with me then i know do you have a funny bone <laughs> i am the funniest person hey, you know listen, sir i had a funny bone but i boiled it and ended up with laughing stock <laughs> 
Jesus Christ. Dad. Come on. That joke that was humorous. Hurt. You know that joke was humorous. Oh, that hurt. Oh, the pain. Shut up, Rich. God. Uh, humorous. Are you kidding me right now? Dad joke. I like how we're not arguing about the movie. We're agreeing on that. But, but your funny bone and laughingstock like and humorous to jokes. I personally apologize to you, dear listener, that you just had to hear that and that you can't unhear it. I'm so sorry. Please don't abandon us, all five listeners. We love you. That Come back. I think what she means to say is, you're welcome. Oh, that's... That's one way to say it. Okay. <laughs> Let's just pretend that didn't happen and dive into the female factor. Uh, this film does pass the Bechdel test if we include the younger female characters, which I have no problem doing. And I actually don't recall any scene of two female characters discussing a man. So props to that. Uh, real quick, if you do not know what the Bechdel test is, it's a test that's been developed for uh, filmed media. Do two named female characters speak to each other about something besides a man? Uh, shockingly, films and television series do not pass this test very often. Anyhow, um, I also want to shout out the fact that the few female characters we got were intelligent and not presented as eye candy as is typical in comic books and comic book movies. That being said, per capita, in the cast, this movie is still pretty much a big sausage fest, which is disappointing. I mean, it continues to be such a problem in storytelling, the gross inequity and the representation of men and women on screen. Take the brief scene with Freddy and Billy um, as Shazam are walking through the mall and he's like throwing lightning bolts at people's phone to recharge them. All of the people who get their phones recharged are dudes. The majority of the background are dudes. Meanwhile, in the real world, the population of this country is about 50-50 male-female. When you go out into the real world, generally what you see, 50-50 male-female. If you go to the mall, odds are the people you see might actually be majority female because there are more stores geared toward women than men. That's sexist. Women like shopping. That's all they are to you, Lulu. <laughs> Shut up. Go in there, get their nails done. and It just sucks that it isn't the same in the movies. Film is supposed to be a representation of real life, and filmmakers go to great lengths to achieve that realism, but continue to ignore something so simple and easy as equal representation. Disappointing seems to be the theme for this movie all the way around. You do seem disappointed. <laughs> Except for in my joke, because that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay, again, if you have a movie that you would like to hear us cover on this podcast, we would love to hear from you. If you have suggestions of things you would like us to talk about, ways we can improve constructive criticism, we'd love to hear from you. If you're mean, we don't want to talk to you. Uh, you can reach out to us on Facebook and Twitter and our website, all at conflictspod, that's C-O-N-F-L-I-C-K-S pod, dot com. And again, on Facebook and Twitter. Dot com. Is that TM'd? Are we going to have to pay now? Uh, probably. I don't know. I owe somebody a quarter. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be more than a quarter, dude. <laughs> all right. Don't look at us for that. <laughs> I think that's a wrap, folks. Exclamation point. Oh. Ha <laughs> ha